Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Tricky running back decisions on Thursday night. Some scary movie trivia and Halloween frights. Heath and I will try not to fight. And buy low, sell high. It kind of rhymes. What do you think about my intro? How'd I do? <laughs> high doesn't rhyme with night and fight. No, and but it's close. What? It's close. It's close enough. Come on, Ben. I, I wish you would have sold it a little better. Like if you'd have just gone through the poem with confidence yeah. and conviction yeah. and then just moved on to the next thing and not asked what we thought of it. I think it might have been okay. All right. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Welcome, That's everybody. Not true. You would have still made fun of him. <laughs> also true. Yes. Welcome to the Wednesday show. We're going to preview uh, Arizona and San Francisco. We got some banged up running backs for the 49ers. We obviously have the same thing for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll talk about that. Can you trust any of the wide receivers? Who are we buying? Who are we selling? There's some players that we haven't talked a lot about that I want to talk more about. Matthew Stafford, for example. Top six quarterback in points per game and six point per passing touchdown leagues. Try to get to that. I know you guys have some questions about schedules, guys and girls. Who's got tough schedules? Who has easy schedules? I took a look at a few and uh, get some feedback from Ben and from Heath. Let's get some intro music today. Welcome, Ben. How are you? How's it going? I'm good. good. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice, nice little Wednesday morning we got going here. Uh, right? Yeah, feeling good. Okay, well, he's good. That's good to know. Uh, let's get the, the Grinch, the guy who's going to turn off his lights tomorrow, the guy who doesn't want anyone in his neighborhood having any fun. I can't get your music queued up, Heath. <laughs> this is so unfair. Oh, YouTube malfunctioning. Anyway, hi, Heath. You're a malfunction, and I don't think I'm going to turn my lights off. I have negotiated a deal with my 10-year-old that I will take one trip around the block with him and then we go out to eat so i can watch the football game without kids interrupting the game and knocking on my door okay and here's your music you get the monster bashy last year i did sit in my living room with all the lights turned off and watch tv and ignored the door when people knocked on it that's so that's what is uh... That's just terrible. I have no obligation yes, you to do. provide unhealthy food you're, to the neighborhood children. You're an American. It's your obligation to if participate If I was going to give something, it'd be an apple or a toothbrush. <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> All right. Uh, buy low and sell high. Ben, I'll kick it off with you. Who do you want to buy low on? Yeah, I mean, I... A lot of my names are similar to prior weeks. I still want to buy low on all the Jets. Uh, that schedule coming up is ridiculous. They face Miami twice, Oakland, Washington, the Giants, uh, and Cincinnati over their next six games. All of those are basically plus matchups for every position group. I know they've looked awful the last couple of weeks, but we have to expect that they're going to be better against worse defenses than, than New England and Jacksonville, who look pretty good. They still have A.J. Boya. They still have talent. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love the jets and what their situation, but that schedule is just like, it's so beautiful. Um, so yeah, Yeah. they, uh, Le'Veon Bell would be the main one. Le'Veon Bell gets, uh, Miami twice and Cincinnati are both, um, top five running back matchups, uh, as is Washington. The giants, I think are 11th in running back points allowed. And then Oakland's like 14th. I mean, there's not a matchup there that you can say is even below average. And some of them are all elite, like, this, essentially like four of them. What the Jets are trying to do here is to disprove the entire defense doesn't matter matter narrative, because if they can actually be good fantasy options over the next six weeks after the complete and utter disasters they have been so far, then it's going to be hard to make that argument. You mean that matchups don't matter? 
defense, period, or matchups, either one, yes. Well, I, but but like the opponent's defense, not the Jets' defense, right. The opponent's defense, yes, correct, Matt, Okay, <laughs> thought that was obvious. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it's it's obvious, but it was a strange way of saying it. Uh, okay, Heath, how about, how about you? Buy lows? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin, and you, he's not going to have a good game this week, but that's kind of nice to be able to go to the McLaurin owner and say he struggled the last couple of weeks. Dwayne Haskins might be starting at quarterback. You can't start him against the Buffalo Bills. What will you take? for F1, and I don't think it will be as much as they should. He's still dominating targets. He looked very good in the first half with Keenum against a difficult matchup. I believe he has the largest share of his team's air yards of any receiver in football and a pretty good schedule in the fantasy playoffs. So I'd like to go get McLaurin. He's one of the guys, uh, yeah, so it's one of the guys that I highlighted as Good schedules. Yeah, and it's after the next two weeks. It's at Buffalo this week and then a bye. Then he comes back against the Jets. Now, really, you know, how do you feel about the Lions and their defense? They've got Darius Slay sometimes. He's been a little it's banged bad. up. But they're 23rd against wide receivers. And he did very well against Xavier Rhodes, who's not having a very good year. Then he's at the Rams. Will he see Jalen Ramsey? But then after that, it does... I. I I don't know if it gets better. I mean, the Giants. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Allen Robinson. I apologize. But but, but McLaurin no, McLaurin also has the he also has the Lions. Allen Robinson is another schedule I wanted to highlight. But McLaurin has the Jets, the Lions, the Panthers. They've been all right against wide receivers. The Packers. They've been all right against wide receivers. Then it's Philadelphia and the Giants in weeks 15 and 16. So, all right, he's saying McLaurin. I am a little afraid. I really am. I think if Dwayne Haskins. Is their starting quarterback down the stretch? I think they're going to have just an awful offense. And you got to tell me what you'd give up for McLaurin. Uh, you know, what What do you think? Um, I like Jamal Williams. Okay. Okay, that works. Ben, more bylaws? Definitely. I would definitely take McLaurin in that situation. What, I, look, the only thing that I'm worried about with him, and I agree with Heath that he's a buy low, is... I feel like this is where Josh Gordon's going to land is with Washington because he's going to go through waivers. They're going to go through the the bottom of the rung teams, and it's just it feels like a Washington move. Uh, another by low for me would be Christian Kirk, who was back healthy this week and dominated the the passing volume. While he was out, none of the other receivers in Arizona really stepped up. Kyler Murray was leaning on downfield was mostly leaning on Fitzgerald and David Johnson, who was getting out in some vertical routes. Those two guys were pretty clearly his top two. Uh, receiving targets, Johnson obviously now hurt. We don't really know how seriously, and the fact that they traded for Kenyon Drake kind of suggests that it might be a couple more weeks until he's fully healthy. Uh, and Fitzgerald has been really trending down, and you know we've counted out Fitzgerald before, and he's always kind of seemed to uh, overcome that, but he could be kind of fading out at the end of his career. Uh, is what thirty six now, thirty seven? I mean, he's getting up there in age. There's a Few scenarios out here where Christian Kirk just becomes the legitimate true number one for Arizona the rest of the season and gets absolutely peppered with targets in, you know, it hasn't been the the complete air raid that we were all hoping for, but in an offense that will play fast and will throw plenty. Uh, and I still think Kyler Murray will play better in the second half of the year. So I think Christian Kirk has the potential to be like a high wide receiver two. Uh, maybe even a low end wide receiver one the rest like that's like his upside the rest of the way and he's somebody that I'm willing to buy for sure all right Heath you got another one or shall we move on to sell high yeah Calvin Ridley um I still got big expectations for a breakout from him without Muhammad Sanu he just put up four for 70 with Matt Schaub but didn't get into the end zone thankfully now he's on a buy and this is kind of a bigger point if you are six and two seven and one eight and oh right now in your fantasy league you should be looking at every borderline playoff team who they have on a buy and trying to buy them for just a little bit less than they're worth rest of season because there are teams, and I've got some teams in the opposite situation, where I've got Julio Jones and a Rams receiver and a running back that's on a bye this week. And sometimes you can't afford to lose any more games. You've got to take 90 cents on the dollar. So how would you guys rank these three receivers that we've all caught? You guys have separately identified as buy lows. Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin, and Calvin Ridley. Kirk, McLaurin, Ridley. Heath, how would you rank them? McLaurin, Ridley, Kirk, but there's not that much separation between the three of them. Okay, Ben. Uh, McLaurin would be last for me. I, as good as he's been, I, I I do have significant quarterback concerns there. I 
I agree with Heath. They're, they're relatively close. I, it would be kind of a toss-up for me between Ridley and Kirk, though, at the top. I think I'd probably go Ridley, Kirk, McLaurin. Okay, we're gonna do some sell high. First, I gotta tell you about the face, the face, the Facebook, Facebook. Awesome. Get on the Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today. Tell us your biggest draft day regrets this year. Uh, like for me, I said Josh Gordon, and now I've dropped him. So if he goes to Washington and he's good, which I'm not quite sure he would be if he went to Washington, uh, I'd be pretty annoyed about dropping him. It'll be a midseason regret. But uh, yeah, Josh Gordon, big draft day regret for me. He, uh, Jamie said Zach Ertz for sure. Um, you know, carry on Johnson, I'm sure is a regret for a lot of people and parlay pick them. Here's your chance to win a million dollars, a million dollars. You know how parlays work. You just got to pick some games. You can download the CBS sports app or go to cbsportscom slash parlay and submit your parlay card. Once you're done, you're immediately in contention for big time cash prizes, including the chance at $1 million. And there are other prizes as well. So go to cbsportscom slash parlay or download the CBS Sports app and take your shot at a million bucks. For sell hot, well, oh, my buy low, by the way, is Keenan Allen. I just have a lot of faith in him. And um, he's got 21 targets over his last two games. He dropped a touchdown last week at Chicago. If he had caught that ball, we're talking about him a little bit differently. I don't have to, I don't really want to get completely into it, but uh, because you know, it's just to me, it's just faith in a player. I just have faith in Keenan Allen. I would trade DJ Chark for him, for example, if I could. And uh, he's actually, luckily, they have no running game. And Phillip Rivers is on pace for the second most pass attempts of his career. Rivers is on pace for a 100 more passes, about 100 more passes than he threw in 2018. So Keenan Allen, I don't know how low you can get him, but it's five bad games in a row. And I'd be looking to, to try to acquire him. Uh, sell high. Do you care at all about the fact that Michael Thomas and Tyler Lockett are catching 82% and 85% of their passes, which they also pretty much did last year. But Tyler Lockett is going to break Michael Thomas's record at, at this rate anyway, just barely. He's not. Well, at this rate, he He's is. Not. Well, okay, does that make Tyler Lockett a, a sell high in that case? Because last year he caught 81.4% of his targets. That's crazy. This year, 85.2%. The uh, the yeah. problem is he's he's been a high end number two or low end number one depending on how you want to parse it and he's nineteenth I believe in the league in targets he has yes. been over the last four years the most efficient wide receiver in football if you take the targets down low enough to include him he's been one of the most efficient wide receivers of all time in fact I think the most efficient since we started keeping track of targets in nineteen ninety two. So if he's 19th in targets, I would fully expect he's going to rank higher than 19th in fantasy points. Okay, so don't have to sell him then, and nobody's selling Michael Thomas. So Heath, who are we selling? This you're you ready to get mad at me? Yes. Darren Fells. Darren Fells. <laughs> Who's Pe buying Darren Fells? <laughs> people are treating him as if he is like a tight end starter now, and he's just a part of that group of Jason Witten, Cameron Brait, Jonu Smith, Dallas Goddard, and a dozen others. He may be towards the top of the list, but he's just a part of that group that does he score a touchdown. Just a week ago, he had two targets, caught both of them for 27 yards. And there were some significant fab bids for Darren Fells on Tuesday night. There are lots of teams that missed out on him and have tight ends that are worse than him. And I would take anything I could get that I thought would help my team consistently. Okay, for a guy who's 53% owed, I think we could... Glad I could help. <laughs> I think we could do better than that. Uh, ben, what do, you, what do you think? Who's a sell high? Well, yeah, I just want to chime in on the Thomas and Lockett comments too. I mean, we have seen catch rates rise over time and over the years, right? And so Michael Thomas broke the record last year. And I, I'm sure he, this is true for Heath, too. But when I was projecting him, he broke the record by eight percentage points of 100 target uh, receivers all time catch rate. Wes Welker had the record at 77 percent. Thomas put an 85 percent catch rate season. We have seen completion percentage rise over time. Like I said, I'm sure this is true for Heath. I projected him to essentially regress, but not back to any kind of like league mean. I expected him to regress to still being better than Wes Welker's previous all time record. So basically the second best all time credit catch rate was what I was projecting this year because he's shown that ability all throughout his career so far. He has kind of a low average depth of target. And and for Lockett, I kind of think similar is true. Some of that is because Russell Wilson doesn't just like throw targets at guys' feet. He tries to create plays, tries to scramble. 
Wilson's really good on on a per pass attempt efficiency perspective, but that's because he uh, only throws the ball when guys are open, essentially, or or throws guys open. I mean, he's a very talented quarterback, but he tries to extend plays and all that. So there's some like real football reasons that these statistics are what they are. And I don't. Yeah, I'm not expecting them to change very much. As far as the the sell guys, though, uh, I, I I already talked about these guys a bunch of other weeks, which is why I kind of want to just comment on, on Thomas and Locke. But Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, just want to give like the trap back update. Both of those guys scored a lot of rushing touchdowns early in the season. They still have very big um, percentages of their offenses, uh, red zone and green zone touches, and they, they should be expected to be uh, high touchdown guys, except like you, you can't score like 20 touchdowns. And so they've stopped scoring touchdowns. They're not catching passes. Thomas hasn't broke 18 PPR points. He's better in standard, but hasn't broke Who? 18 PPR Wait, Hen- points. Henry, since Henry, week Henry, one. Henry, right? excuse me, Henry, yeah. Henry, Derek Henry hasn't broke 18 PPR points since week one, when he had a 75 yard touchdown reception. Uh, that just shows the kind of, he's been good in that time. He's had hundred yard rushing games and tu- with a touchdown, but he's not even breaking 20 points. We have the, the top that's end a lot PPR of running back. But that's like a top the, six or seven top running back. End, no, the, the top end. Okay, I'm talking about a ceiling, though. The top end PPR yeah. running backs can get to 20 points without scoring touchdowns. They can literally get there with their six for 80 receiving yards. Dalvin Cook did it a couple of weeks ago. He had like well, nobody said Derrick Henry was Dalvin Cook. No, and I, I know, yeah. but uh, he's like, he's like, I've seen it referenced that he's like RB11 in PPR. He's more like RB17 in points per game. My point is just with these trap backs, their floor is a lot lower. And their yes. ceiling is also a lot lower without the receiving work. Mark Ingram also, I wanted to add, hasn't broke 15 PPR points since week three. These guys don't have – like they're, they're not as good as their, um, their rushing yards and their rushing touchdowns make you like inherently believe or want to believe. And I think they have way more – even trade – one of the advantages to holding them is they have more trade value than, than I think they're actually worth in fantasy. Yeah, I have Mark Ingram starting for me in a PPR league, and I would really like to upgrade at that spot because I think he's fine, but I do think he's going to have some bad games along the way. He already has had some bad games. He's had three really bad games in PPR, I'd say, with nine, eight, and five fantasy points. That's bad for starting running back uh, in PPR. So I, I agree with you. I mean, I look at the schedule, and I say, all right, there's opportunities for him to get a lot of carries, to get that touchdown, but he needs that touchdown, and he'll get him. You know, but but uh, you know, maybe not at the same rate we've seen. So I would like to upgrade. I don't think that they're bad necessarily, but they're gonna have bad games. It's particularly are, in PPR. Are they still sell highs though? I don't know. I think Ingram I, might be. I'm not sure about Henry, but but people like, but the, everybody liked Henry more than we did to so, begin with. So maybe right. People seem to think he's like something a lot more than he is. And that's sort of my point. He's not a difference maker. Like he's not going to win you any weeks. But he might in non-PPR. Right? I mean, he might in in non-PPR. In non-PPR, it's a different story. But again, I don't think 18 point. Like I I know I'm saying he hasn't beat 18 points and like that's the ceiling. But I don't actually think that's that great. I mean, you want running backs who can like the difference makers are the ones that can give you 25 point games, 30 point games. And I understand that's only the top backs in the league. But like. We just referenced Dalvin Cook. He was a second-round pick. A lot of people were comparing guys like Derrick Henry, and their ADP was close, like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. And earlier in the season, in the offseason, we talked about trap backs and said guys that catch passes have the upside to do what Dalvin Cook has done since the beginning of the season, and guys like Derrick Henry do not. They're they're just they're going to be at best high-end RB two. They're not going to be league winners. He's actually 14th in points per game in non-PPR, Derrick Henry. So. Um, yeah, not even not even that good, although a little bit better than Alvin Kamara. All right, Heath, who's the last uh, sell high that we're going to talk about today? Uh, it's Jamal Williams. He has 17 touches over his last two games combined after 18 touches in week six. He's not really getting any yards. He's just scoring touchdowns, and anyone that will fall, like, I think there's a chance unless, and Aaron Jones could get hurt again, or Aaron Jones could fumble again, but... As long as Jones stays healthy, I think there's a chance in a couple of weeks we're asking, should you drop Jamal Williams? Yeah, and and actually, uh, Chris Towers brought up a good point on Monday's show about should you try to sell high on Aaron Jones since so much of Jones's production has actually come in the passing game? And what happens when Devontae Adams gets back? Does that go away? And my thought is just like, no, <laughs> just ride it out. I mean, he's really good. He has a great schedule, Aaron Jones, coming up. I agree with Jamal Williams, you know, uh, the touches won't be there. But Jones is, is the lead guy, 
And I could understand that thought, though, that Devontae Adams comes back. If you could turn, if you could turn Aaron Jones into, you know, a true first-round talent, maybe. But he himself just might be a first-round caliber player rest of season. So I'm not really looking. At yeah, I mean, there. he can't. Yeah, he can't keep up the TD production and he can't keep up the receiving production quite as high, especially like he just keeps winning on downfield routes eventually. Uh, and we actually saw this against Kansas City. They they rolled the cornerback over to him and put a linebacker on Geronimo Allison at a certain point because he's not going to just keep getting linebackers with his speed uh, when he keeps just winning down the field for these big touchdowns. So, yeah, it's going to change things, but you have to really like the way that the Packers use him. They keep using him really creatively as other long uh, reception was where they split him out and threw a quick hit to him. He split out more this week than any other week this season. Um, they're they're using him in every possible way. They clearly see him as a huge weapon, and and he's not somebody that I'd be looking to to get rid of. All right. So, Sal Jamal Williams, not so much Aaron Jones. And wh- did you say what you would try to get for Jamal Williams? Heath? like, give me. Would you sell him for Calvin Ridley? Right. Uh Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. Yeah. All right. Darren <laughs> Fells. I don't know about that. But you could try to I would definitely sell him for Calvin Ridley as well. Okay. Yeah, so question for you guys. When you buy something online and then you find out that you could have got it for less, how terrible is that? I mean, that's like putting in a huge fab bid for Darren Fells or something like that. That's just so frustrating. Don't let that happen to you. Luckily, it doesn't happen to me because I have Honey, the free browser extension that saves you time and money when shopping online. Honey scans the internet for coupon codes and other discounts. Then, like magic, it automatically applies the one with the biggest savings to your cart at checkout. It knows about every coupon code, every sale or discount at over 20,000 sites like Amazon, Macy's, J.Crew, Domino, Sephora, Target, whatever. Honey is all over the place. And you save all this money. It's just great. So, yeah, just the other day I was shopping online. I was on Amazon, and it's I was checking out, and Honey pops up and says, we, we've got coupon codes for you. Same thing uh, on one of the food services. I don't remember which one. One of those delivery services that delivers food. Honey checked in and said, hey, that you, you can get a better price. It's so easy. Just a couple of clicks, and it's on your, brow- and it's on your computer. This is all you do, right? There's no reason not to use Honey. It's free. And installs on your computer in just two clicks. So you go to joinhoney.com slash FFT. You put the browser extension on. You go shopping online and Honey finds you discounts. So again, joinhoney.com slash FFT. Get this for free at joinhoney.com slash FFT. News and notes. Andy Dalton getting benched for Ryan Finley. So Ben was going to talk about Tyler Boyd as a buy low. He is currently the number 44 wide receiver in non-PPR, number 33 in PPR. He has the third most targets among wide receivers and is not even a top 30 wide receiver. He has one target inside the 10 all year. Auden Tate, by the way, has the third most green zone targets in the NFL, and they're in their bye. But A.J. Green could be coming back. Ryan Finley is now their starting quarterback. How is Tyler Boyd a buy low? I mean, you just made the case, and you're asking how he how he is, but you literally just made the case. So. But he's got the di- a different it, it's a quarterback. Difference, he has a different quarterback and AJ Green coming back. Look, anytime a guy, I mean, we talk about this in the offseason. We talk about uh, looking at opportunity over efficiency. If you were to tell me, I don't care who the name is. If you would tell me a guy in week eight has the third most targets and isn't even in the top thirty in wide receivers, and nobody wants him. Uh, yeah, I understand he's he has a, a quarterback change going on. He has the third most targets. You just made that case. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> fantasy football is an opportunity-driven uh, game. And but he is he is getting high-value targets, clearly, Ben? He's not getting high-value targets. He's not getting high-value targets. Is he a trap receiver? Targets. Is he a trap receiver? He, I mean, he might be. Especially in PPR, though, I'm going to keep chasing these targets. And even if he doesn't score, like it does, you don't have to score, especially in PPR leagues. To, to be viable it's not helping him right now but the thing that's hurting him more is a really low catch rate a really low yards per target those things will bounce back yeah so, i am in 100 agreement i don't like the quarterback change at all but i'd still buy low on him okay so then let me give you some wide receivers who would you rather have rest of season aj green or tyler boyd green I mean, we don't know what to expect from Green. It, Green is the boomer bust. Boyd is the like s- s- steady middle guy. It totally depends what you need. I think they're Mar- similar in value. Marvin Jones or or Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Boyd. 
John Brown or Tyler Boyd? Brown. What Boyd. does this do? What does this do for AJ Green, Heath? This move to Ryan Finley? Because I, I was we pretty hopeful for him. We, Not anymore. we don't really know. Um, I Finley did some things in the preseason that looked better than what you would have expected from a player of his pedigree. Um, he is an old, old rookie. I think he's going to turn 25 in like two months. Um, I don't like, I would say it's far more likely that he is worse for AJ green than Andy Dalton would have been, uh, in his first eight games as a rookie. Maybe one day he is what Andy Dalton is, but I'm, I'm pessimistic. Wait, what is Andy Dalton? He has like a 6.7 yards per attempt this year. It's one of the worst in his career. He hasn't had AJ green. (laughs) He's got he's got no AJ Green. He was doing pretty well with John Ross, you know. Like he actually, you look at his fantasy point production. It hasn't been that bad, especially considering the. But opponents that's because he's, he's throwing faced. like like so. Last week, like uh, the, last week he threw fifty plus passes to get three hundred and twenty pass yards and one touchdown. I mean, but that's. I'm not going to argue that Andy Dalton is an above average quarterback, but he has a long enough track record that we, he's pretty much an average quarterback. The idea. Sure that a fourth round rookie is going to come in behind an offensive line that's given up the most sacks in football and be an average NFL quarterback is extremely unlikely. I agree with all that. I also agree with the exact wording you had on Finley where he did some things that were better than we would have expected. He wasn't like amazing. He's not going to be perfect, but I will say that with, I don't agree that Andy Dalton's average. I would say he's below average of all 33 quarterbacks who've thrown at least hundred passes this year. He's 29th in yards per attempt. Some of that is, he doesn't have an offensive line. Some of that is he doesn't have great pass catchers. But I, I do think he's getting worse rather than better. He's 32 now. We've never really seen Andy Dalton be anything better than average. So I, I kind of think he is below oh, average. Well, we've seen two to three seasons of him being clearly okay, above Yeah, average. he's had a couple of decent, a okay. decent stretches. The one year where he broke his wrist, he was like in the MVP conversation. But yeah. uh, my point, but also, my point he here didn't would be, have okay, AJ Green. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like you can't, you can evaluate. Gonna, his, I don't think you can evaluate his numbers fairly because he didn't have his best receiver, and then he lost John Ross. And his quarterback has an AJ Green caliber player. He still has reasonable talents. No, he really I, doesn't. I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. Tyler Boyd is very good. Is I think he? Tyler Boyd's issues are more related to Andy Dalton. I, I really do. He was great last year. He was phenomenal at Pitt for four seasons, and he it, it had a great pro, uh, profile coming out. Most people in college were pretty good in college. I mean, most people in the NFL were pretty good in college. I, Nobody I, that's had why, I, I don't know. Like Tyler. We don't have to. We don't I, have the to point I want to make up really, really quick is I don't think he can be a lot worse than Dalton, right? And I do think there are areas in his range of outcomes where he is better. I, and even if he's just average, I think. Any anytime you're replacing a situation that is below average, we have to recognize that there's almost only room to go up and not a lot of room to be a lot worse. He could be really, really awful and worse, but I, I kind of think that he actually has some upside and so, injects some upside in this offense. So do you think like if you're assigning a range of probabilities, it is more likely that he is better or worse? Worse. And I okay. yeah, I would agree with your comment there. It's more likely that he's worse, but not significantly worse, and there is some potential that he's significantly better. All right, more news. By the way, I this does not make me at all excited about Joe Mixon. Uh, this cannot be. I don't think it'd be good for him. Right? Just real quick, can't be good for Mixon. I, it can't get worse. Again, it can't get worse. Well, fair. I probably it's not. the worst running back situation in the league. It cannot get worse. I, the Detroit Lions win that. <laughs> he at least gets the touches. I mean, the Bengals adjusted yard. Line yards blocking are a half yard lower than every other team except Kansas City. They they have been awful on their offensive line, and then they don't even run enough plays to where he like can't even get like he has more than fifteen carries twice all year as a as a workhorse back. I mean it's it's pretty bad. Jalen Samuels is ready to go according to Mike Tomlin. I'm sure he was a popular waiver wire pickup. Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert are dealing with injuries. Jeff Wilson is only four percent owned, and he scored four touchdowns on eighteen carries in weeks two and three. Is- is yeah. Wilson okay? Yes. I from what I saw, he was cleared from his stinger. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I expect Wilson I expect right now, if the game were today, I would expect Coleman and Wilson to be the guys. That uh, yeah. hopefully doesn't mean that Wilson would take the red zone care. Because whenever I, Wilson's played, he's been the green, gold, and red zone back. <laughs> yep, yep, I know it. Uh, we'll talk about that game in a bit. Kenyon Drake's going to have a manageable workload this week. They're not gonna just turn him loose, it seems. Brandon Cooks is seeing a concussion specialist. 
as they have a bye week. He's feeling better, but they, you know he's had two this year, so they want to check out Brandon Cooks. Josh Reynolds maybe would benefit as, as he did in week week eight. Oakland center Rodney Hudson's going to miss several weeks. That's a big loss for them. The Dolphins acquired Aqib Tlaib. Not important for fantasy. Um, they did put Xavier Howard on IR, which is bad for them. Dallas acquired safety Jamal Adams from the Jets. Oh, no, they were going to. I'm sorry. I put this in there when it said they were going to, and then it never happened. So they didn't acquire J- you uh, Jamal Adams. You already added the notes. That's great. <laughs> I just Rod Berg, indeed. Uh, kicker news. Heath, you want to read the kicker news? Or you want me to read it? Uh, I think you should read it. Okay. Well, Keith loves kickers, but uh, Matt Bryant done in Atlanta. Young Hoku signed there. Mike Nugent um, out in New I, England. I think it's Young Way. Young Way. Young Way. Yeah. Thank yes. you. <laughs> uh, it's okay. You know, it's I was giving everyone a little treat there. Uh, Mike Nugent out. Nick Folk is in in New England. Mike Nugent had a kick blocked in Week Eight, the first blocked field goal against the Patriots since two thousand and six. Uh, Mike Badgley is going to against the Patriots. Oh, yeah, like a Patriots okay. kicker had a kick block. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young way, and Badgley is going to return for the Chargers this week. And Trent Williams ended his holdout, but he may not play. And I don't really want to see any Redskins games, but I do want to see a Nationals game. Although I guess it's in Houston. Anyway, what am I getting at? I'm getting at SeatGeek, baby. Let I just you know what I'm gonna look up on SeatGeek right now how much World Series Game Seven tickets are. This won't take long. Uh, let's see if we can maybe all go if we can all chip in, reach into our savings a little bit. But do you ever feel like ticketing websites are making it difficult to get to the event on purpose? Well, you're not going to feel that way about SeatGeek. Okay, they make it so easy. All you have to do is type in Astros, and you will find World Series Game Seven. Nationals and Astros, and you can get into World Series Game 7 for the cheap, cheap, really? That's it? $506? For, all right, <laughs> I'd, I'd do that. I mean, if it were Game 7 of the World that. Series. Right? No kidding. Anyway, SeatGeek's great. You go, I'm looking at it right now. I got all these dots, all these big green dots. Going to click on a green dot on the seating map. That tells me the best value. $523 behind home plate. Sure, it's in the upper deck, but that's really not that bad. What about this one here? Oh, $2,100 for uh, the 24th row right behind home plate. Okay, not that bad. That, I'm not going to be buying those seats. But anyway, SeatGeek makes it so easy. You just search for an event. You click on the interactive seat map. You find those great deals. You buy those tickets. They've got over 50,000 five-star reviews. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web. And you can get 10 bucks off your first purchase with the code FFT. So if you want to go to the World Series tonight and you want to drop that price down to $2,100 even for row 24, uh, just use the promo code FFT. Download the SeatGeek app. Your first purchase, take 10 bucks off with the promo code FFT. It's a terrific app, the best way to get seats. All right, schedule alert, good and bad. Uh, Odell Beckham has kind of a bad schedule. He's got Denver this week, and then he has Buffalo. And then he has Pittsburgh twice in the two games, in the three games after that. So his next five games are Denver, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Miami, which should be great, and then Pittsburgh. Gets a little easier um, later in the year, but, you know, Pittsburgh, right now they're 20th in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, but they've gone five straight games without allowing more than eight non-PPR and 12 PPR fantasy points to a wide receiver. They've gotten so much better. So when you look at that with Beckham, who is obviously a huge bust this year. What do you think, Heath? It For me, really, Odell Beckham and this Browns offense is supposed to be one where I don't worry about schedule. So they're either going to get things figured out and he's going to turn back into Odell Beckham and we're not going to have to worry about who they're playing or he's going to be a bust anyway. Okay, but I mean, you, you should care about Chris Harris, I think. He just did a great job against T.Y. Hilton. He's done a great job pretty much all year. We... Devontae. We've seen like, I, him get beat a, a few times. They can move times, Beckham sure. around and get him get him away from Harris. And like there's four teams on a bye with seven of our typical top 30 wide receivers not available. You're I'm not sitting Odell Beckham probably. Oh, so do you have him in your top 20 this week? I think he's 22. Okay. Okay. Uh other bad matchups. I think Devontae Freeman has a pretty bad schedule going forward. He's got the Bucks, the Saints twice, and the Niners, which I'm not sure how good they are. 
against the run, but they are good against pass-catching running backs, and that's what Devontae Freeman does. So I did want to point that out. Not including Week 17, he has four matchups left against top four defenses against running backs. That's Devontae Freeman. We look at the good matchups. Aaron Jones has a great schedule coming up. Josh Jacobs has a great schedule. Detroit, Chargers, Bengals, Jets, Chiefs. That's his next five matchups. Those teams all are 20th or worse against running backs. Plus, he gets the Chargers in Week 16. So I love the schedule for Josh Jacobs. Philip Lindsay has a pretty good schedule going forward. And I said on Sunday's show that I wanted to see the record of the in the nine non-dynasty leagues that I'm in. Because actually, Philip Lindsay was traded in my dynasty league. So I took that out. This year he's traded. I took that one out. What are the records of the teams that have Philip Lindsay? All right, we have uh, four teams that are two and six or... Yeah, four teams that are two and six. One team that's three and five. We've got two five and three Philip Lindsay teams and a four three and one. And then we've got a six and two Philip Lindsay team, but that team sucks. They have the fourth fewest points in the league. They're the luckiest team I've ever seen. I hate that team. So basically, no, that's that's a completely different. You have the best team that has Philip Lindsay in all of my leagues. Uh, you have the yeah. So good job. Philip Lindsay has been a league loser so far. In my opinion, in, back in my league, yeah, yeah, it just hasn't been very good. Um, all right, so anyway, but he does have a good schedule. Cleveland, then a bye. He's got uh, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Lions coming what's, up. I don't know. Does that mean anything to you? What's so interesting about this is he hasn't been that bad. But uh, what I what I just chimed in with was running back dead zone, and I I do think that. This is a really great argument for that, that that strategy that we talked about all last year where you don't necessarily need to, or and I actually think you shouldn't draft running backs in like the round four to round seven, round eight range. You should be hitting wide receivers, potentially high-end tight ends. Um, Lindsey's the RB12 in PPR leagues, and you just read off the fact that none of his teams are actually that good because he doesn't have weak-winning upside really right, right. at all. Yeah, unless Freeman gets hurt, but that's exactly but like what it 44% is. But like 44% of the team's are five and three or better, right? I don't count one of them because that six and two team <laughs> yeah, is if you terrible. Be, if you want to be terrible, average, go ahead. What are you talking about? <laughs> like it's it's almost split. If there was a tenth league, I would presume that tenth team would be five and three, and then it would be fifty fifty. There is a no. tenth league, four but I couldn't count it. Four of these teams are two it. and six, and four of these teams are two and six in right. like nearly last or tied for last, and You're, one is six and two, and Adam already. Said that that isn't a very good. You, six you are not two and six because you drafted Philip Lindsay in the fourth or fifth round. You might be. That's part of no, it. He's no. not helping you. No. Uh, okay. He's, yeah, he's not helping. You. I agree with that. I don't. <laughs> okay. You need you need the upside. You need guys that are going to win you weeks. This is a a safe pick, and if you miss on other picks, Philip Lindsay isn't correcting that problem. He's not helping you fix that issue. I just I think the thing that I'm I'm thinking about it as. Like most of the teams where I have Philip Lindsay are teams where I've got elite wide receivers and some of them have struggled, but I don't need Philip Lindsay if my receivers are doing what they're supposed to be to be some world beater. Give me my 10 to 12 points. I've got receivers. They're putting up 30. I'll be just fine. Uh, he's had two big games this year. They were at Green Bay and at the Chargers, and those are excellent matchups. He has had a fairly difficult schedule. Uh, so I would be somewhat optimistic going forward because he does have good matchups, but now it's not, he doesn't own the goal line work anymore. You know, that was the thing like the first five weeks or so. And then the last two weeks, maybe in six weeks, the last two weeks, Royce Freeman's been in there and now it's maybe a guessing game. Okay. Uh, let's preview the Thursday night game. And then we're going to spend the rest of the show answering your questions via email, via tweet and, uh, via Apple podcasts as well. And I will try to get this Halloween horror movie quote game in here because it's pretty fun from a listener named John. San Francisco is at Arizona and sit Jimmy Garoppolo. He is no higher than 17th. Yes, it's a great matchup. Cardinals allow the third most fantasy points. But every quarterback that's had a big game against the Cardinals, except for one, except for Kyle Allen, they've all had 36 or more pass attempts. And Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't even come close to that. He's averaging 27 per game. So if we want to start with San Francisco, Heath, how high are you on Tevin Coleman this week? And what about a second uh, second 49ers running back? 
Tevin Coleman's a must start. If there are only two of the four San Francisco 49ers running backs that are active, then the other guy will be a low end flex, whether it's Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, whoever. If it was Coleman, Mostert, and Wilson all healthy, I would only want to start Coleman. Okay. So let's say it's Wilson and Coleman. Would you start Wilson or like Odell Beckham? Odell Beckham. Okay. Wilson is would be Breida pretty... definitely out or no, no, no. he just hasn't practiced okay. yet. It's... Okay. Yeah. He's not definitely out. Mostert's not definitely out. So we don't know. I, but I fully expect that he's not going to practice at all. And then he's going to be active and get the first carry for the 49ers. And then he's going right. to get banged up in the fourth quarter and leave early. <laughs> Breida. That sounds exactly right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right then. Emmanuel, Sa- Emmanuel Sanders. Who, who's the best wide receiver in this game? Heath Christian Kirk. I mostly agree with the things that Ben said about the buy low. Larry Fitzgerald has just disappeared from the game plan over the past couple of weeks. And I just don't, I like Emmanuel Sanders. If I thought that he was going to get within three or four of Christian Kirk in terms of targets, then I would like Sanders more than Kirk this week. It's a much better matchup, but he is probably going to get Patrick Peterson on at least some snaps. And they have not had a wide receiver yet this season receive more than seven targets in a game. That's terrible. <laughs> the Niners, yeah. They've had two two instances with six or more targets. Yeah, it's crazy. Which the is answer the number... to the question is is George Kittle. He's not he's obviously not a receiver, yeah. but like that's that's the answer. Yeah, he's your number one tight end in uh he's everybody's number one tight end in both formats. But uh would you go with like let's say D.D. Westbrook's out. Would you start Chris Conley or a wide receiver in this game or Christian Kirk? I've got Kirk just ahead of Conley, but they're right in the same area. And we won't know where? if Westbrook's out, so I'd probably definitely go. i just go with Kirk. Where, where is that in your rankings? Uh, Christian Kirk and PPR is 33rd. Conley is 38th. Yeah, so so look, wide receivers against San Francisco, they give up, give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. But they did have this thing where every wide receiver basically that got six targets or more did well. And that was all last year. And then into this year for the first like four or five games. But recently, Beckham, Cooper Cup, and both Panthers wide receivers had six or more targets, and all of them did poorly. Their pass rush is unbelievable. Kyler Murray does get sacked, you know, so they could really be all over him. And um, by the way, starter said Kyler Murray. That's it. Yeah. Who are some streamers that you'd start over him? Uh, Gardner Minshew for sure. Derek Carr. I'd prefer Daniel Jones. I would even as as down as I am on Sam Darnold, I would even start Sam Darnold over Kyler Murray. I just added Sam Darnold to start him over Kyler Murray in the league. Now I do have them back to back, but I would start Darnold. So I guess the question really is about Kenyon Drake and what do you do with the with the Arizona running backs? I'm a little bit worried about the statement that's come out that they're going to limit his workload. Originally, I think I had him projected for 15 or 16 touches. And if he's projected for 15 or 16 touches, even against the 49ers, I'm most likely going to start him this week because of the buys and the situations that we've got. Um, There have been three running backs that have received at least 14 carries against this defense. All three of them topped 80 rushing yards. So it's not an impossible matchup. No. Um, he's, he's a high-end flex, a low-end number two. Okay. He's better than the second 49ers running back, whoever that is. What if it's Brita? If it's Brita, then probably not. It's Brita, right in the same range. Brita's had three pretty crummy games in a row. He's had like 35 rushing yards, basically. Um, th- let's see. Last three games. Three straight games with exactly 35 rushing yards. No more than 63 total yards and no touchdowns for Matt Breida. So, I think he's been hurt in two of those three games, but he might be hurt in this one. Yeah, he might. He might. Um, Emmanuel Sanders. We So, like, gosh, they can't cover anyone. Ten wide receivers have had six or more targets against the Cardinals, and all ten have had either 80 yards or a touchdown. But as Heath mentioned, it's just hard to get six targets. But, um, yeah, I don't know, Ben. What do you think about Emmanuel Sanders? I, I pretty much agree with everything he said. The 
the one thing I would chime in with on Brita not playing well lately, I mean, we see that with combo backfields where touches are limited. They don't hit, you know, hit a, a big touch. And we know Brita's not getting a ton of high value touches, but we have seen him hit some big plays in the past in this offense. And the other thing I would just say is we're seeing this offense continue to be very valuable for running backs. We're obviously seeing Tevin Coleman produce. If Brita's in there and getting 10 touches in this offense against the Cardinals defense, even though he hasn't hit in the last few weeks, I would look at the bigger picture and say, yeah, he can hit in that scenario. Uh, basically, Kittle and Coleman seem like the only great, great starts in this game, unless unless Drake's going to get big work, right? Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, and the 49ers DST is number two overall. All right, we got a lot left here. Some straightforward fantasy questions. You want to fire through these real quick, guys? Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Here we go. First one might take a little bit of thinking, but most of it's going to be rapid fire. From WC Red. Best bench stash that could be a league winner? Alexander Madison. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's got to be a running back. Uh, I still think Justice Hill, like I'm trying to think even deeper. I think Madison's own in a lot of leagues. Justice Hill is a guy that is on a lot of my waiver wires, and every week I look at him and I'm like, I kind of want to grab him. Once I get through buys, I probably will. I was going to say Gus Edwards. Yeah, why Justice yeah, Hill? I, mean, I really he's... think Edwards is... Like I just think he's more explosive would... and he has a higher upside. If something were to happen to Ingram, I think he would he would end up earning more of the work. Okay. Next one. Should I from Jimmy? He's probably not I... my favorite, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in the same vein as Madison would be Tony Pollard. Uh, next question. Yeah. From Jimmy. Should I roll with Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram, one of them in the flex, or try to trade one for a running back? I would. Yeah, I'd try to trade one. I think it totally depends on trade value. Yeah. It's like I think these tight ends are worth a lot, and like when we just did that rest of the season uh, mock last week, the, like these types of tight ends went in the first three, four, five rounds. If you're not getting that type of value because people are like oh he's just a tight end, then you can't really trade him, and maybe you do have to roll with him in the flex. You you need to get a difference maker to give someone else this good of a player at a, at a position that's very thin. Okay, um, who? Okay, Stefan Diggs is a top blank wide receiver going forward from Tyler. 24 18 from Michael Sony Michelle or David Montgomery rest of season uh the poison pill Sony <laughs> from K1D freeze Sam Darnold or Lamar Jackson this week Lamar Jackson yeah Jackson I'll take from, Montgomery on the last question from Eric Minshew or Lamar Jackson this week Jackson. I'm sticking with Lamar. I've got I I've got them both top six, so I like them both. From Neil, should I drop Kyler Murray for Jameis Winston in a six point per passing touchdown league? I need a bye week fill in for Watson in week ten. I think they play each other, Kyler and Jameis in week ten. I'll check on that. They do. They that's do. correct. Um, that is correct. You should just drop Kyler and stash one of these running backs we we're talking about. If it's not Justice Hill or any of those other ones, and then pick someone up in Week Ten. Don't worry about it right now. Well, no, uh, you can't necessarily. Adam, I, do that. I knew Adam wouldn't like that. Wait, we're no, you're we're just no saying, going uh, rapid fire. D- no, Stop I would rather have Jameis. The virtues of two QBs. Go. I would rather have Jameis in six point per pass. I would rather over. stash a running back because you never know when injuries hit. You take it for one week, you, you take your lottery pick for one week, and then you just pick up whatever quarterback you can next week. That's ridiculous. Just absolutely crazy. Like It's just it's way smarter than rostering a quarterback for an extra no, week just isn't. so you can play him a week from now. Not necessarily. I'll tell you why. Because like, you know, in, in the leagues that I'm in that aren't filled with fantasy analysts, I can't find good quarterbacks on the waiver wire because everybody's got two. It's just in the leagues I'm in with fantasy analysts. Yeah, I probably agree with you. There's just plenty to pick. But from. this guy has Watson. He needs a quarterback for one week. You don't need a good quarterback for one week. Like you can yes, you just do. take you your do. ten you points. You need to win. What? You need to win. You need to win that week. You need a quarterback that's good. Ben doesn't need to win. Now nah, Ben's like, this guy. <laughs> uh, from Iron Mike, Duke Johnson or Kenyon Drake PPR. Drake. Very uncomfortable with that. Duke never Drake. catches passes. He catches like two a game. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Drake. Uh, from Red Red Eye Jedi, can we trust Carson Wentz as an every week starter, or is he a matchup guy? Every quarterback's a matchup guy. 
No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> but he is not one of the six quarterbacks that are not matchup guys. Oh, okay, that's so <laughs> there are six or seven that are definitely not matchup guys. And no, oh, I take that back. Like half the league's not a matchup guy. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, what about Wentz? That's an exaggeration. Wentz is a matchup guy. <laughs> uh, okay. He just needs to throw more. From Jason, will Tevin Coleman be better than Nick Chubb rest of season? No. He had I, like 12 touches. I, I doubt it. Probably from not. Timmy, I hope not. From Timmy, can I drop Larry Fitzgerald? Yeah. Uh, I mean, depending on the depth of your league, but if it's a shallow enough league, yeah. I, You can. I'd rather not. I'd right. rather not. <laughs> okay. From MB, I agree with that. MBN, Demarius Thomas or Devontae Parker rest of season? Devontae Parker. A poison pill. <laughs> Devontae Parker. I'll take Devontae Parker. <laughs> From John, rank these running backs rest of season in PPR. Jacobs, Carson, Le'Veon Bell. Jacobs, Carson, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. Bell is one. Uh, I'll take Carson and then Jacobs. That's that's the way. Jacobs, I do it. Carson, Bell. No, what? really? <laughs> I was gonna put Carson one. I am not one hundred percent certain that a bunch of bad defenses are going to fix everything that ails the Jets. I'm just gonna put Carson. We're talking one. full just... PPR. Yeah, he's, he's not catching the ball lately. in the last three games combined. All right. Yeah, he's still I, running like eighty percent route routes uh, per drop back. If I mean, I let's just move on. We got to go rapid fire. <laughs> like he's got to catch more. Uh, balls. We, that that dream, the rapid fire dream, died a long time ago. From James, Golden Tate or Tyrell Williams, rest of season. Tyrell, call him. Although I do prefer Tate this week. When Heath says call him, he means Tyrell Williams. From Miguel, starter sit Sammy Watkins this week. Nah, uh, no way. I mean, yeah. if more plays, no, I we mean, can't start him. I actually think we might end up seeing Mahomes this week. Like, he was practicing last week, said he might would play. It was a playoff game. They lost again. They're four and three now. We might actually see Mahomes. And if Mahomes plays, I think you can start Sam. Uh, ben looks confused when um, I said call him. You know what that's from, right? Nobody knows what that's from, dude. No. It's the weirdest reference. Call Tyrone? Nobody knows that what that Friday? is. Is that, what's what's that? that from? I said, okay. is that from like Friday or one of the... Oh, man. No, I don't know. I'm no. All right. Of... I'm not going to tell you. No, it, it, Ben is terrible at, at pop culture, but <laughs> this is not Ben's fault. Um, and is the Chicago defense fantasy dead? I'm ready to drop them, and the playoff schedule looks like crap. That's All true, defenses are, are matchup dependent, too. Except the Patriots, but every other defense. So and the yeah. 49ers. And the 49ers. Uh, and I the think Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They haven't really been that bad, but <laughs> they do have the Cowboys, uh, Packers, and Chiefs in the playoffs, which isn't good. I'm not sure you should drop them until the playoffs, though. All right, we're going to take a break here on Fantasy Football today, and when we come back, we will read some Apple Podcast questions and finish up the show. Ben and I are going to finish up the show now as Heath ditched us. But uh got to tell you real quick about ZipRecruiter, okay? Because hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Now, Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Absolutely outstanding. That's why ZipRecruiter is great. And you can see why it's effective for businesses of all sizes. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That's our free web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. How's it going, Ben? I feel like I uh, feel like I've been mean to you today. No, I feel like I I was very uh, combative today as well. I think it was a good show. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I had fun. 
Uh, I didn't say magenta at all. People hate that. So (laughs) they've sort of bullied me out of saying that. So, all right, let's do it. Apple Podcast questions. Leave us your reviews. And here we go. Trades from uh, from Devin. Someone offered me Juju and David Johnson for James Conner. Should I accept it or reject it? Would you give up James Conner to get Juju and David Johnson? I mean, th- just like a, a general note to our listeners too, like th- these types of trades, we're always going to need a little more context. We don't like we don't. A, I'm going to need to know like how deep your league is and whether you need to add a receiver. But we also we don't know much about David Johnson and James Conner's injuries. They're both hurt now. Well, that's why I, in that's a why vacuum, I, I'm taking right. this trade. Yeah, I, that's, like, I was going to say. David Johnson. Like they're pretty similar, Conner and Johnson right now, right? I mean, right. Yes, I would consider them very similar. And then you're just getting Juju, who I think is going to bounce back actually. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, I think like the typical 70 yard game or something like that. That's pretty much what Juju's done most weeks. That's yep. pretty realistic, and that's a, a valuable player. From a city with, I just want to say, I do think there are probably going to be some duds in there for Juju, but you're getting him, you know, practically for free. I, I think he's going to have some ceiling games more than what we've seen. So Hope I'll so. add that in there. From a city with the worst California basketball team, is that is that Golden State now? Are it must bad? be Golden State. <laughs> I don't know anything about the NBA. It's Oakland, I guess. Golden State. Right. I know Golden State's not a city. I'm getting the standings up. Let's see. NBA standings. Let's see. Golden State is 1-2. and two. But Sacramento's 0-4. Must be Sacramento. Yeah, he's from Sacramento. Grade the trade in a dynasty league. Give Gurley, Cam Newton, and Paris Campbell. Gurley, Cam Newton, and Paris Campbell. Get Watson, Fournette, and Preston Williams. Uh, A minus. I think the Newton to Watson swap is a really good one. I think Watson has a lot more years ahead of him. Newton may not, even before he got hurt. Uh, you know, obviously he was he was still kind of playing hurt, but we, we're just not seeing as much running from him, and we haven't in, even in the last couple of seasons necessarily. Uh, the Gurley to Fournette swap is a really good one in, in terms of dynasty value, uh, like a, an extremely good one. Uh, and I don't, you know, you got to give up Paris Campbell to make that happen. But Preston Williams has a little bit of upside too. I mean, I think that's a really good dynasty trade, a forward looking di- dynasty trade. This is from one of our listeners in a city in central North Carolina. I do not know any North Carolina geography, but I've been to Durham. So I will say Durham. Grade the trade, non PPR, Emmanuel Sanders, Hooper, and Cooper, uh, Amari Cooper, Emmanuel Sanders, Austin Hooper, and Amari Cooper to get Michael Thomas and Evan Ingram. That's interesting. I'll say it one more time. You give up Emmanuel Sanders, Austin Hooper, and Amari Cooper. You get Michael Thomas and Evan Ingram in non-PPR. Michael Thomas, by the way, in points per game, he's number one in PPR. He's number four in non-PPR. Stiff. Yeah, I mean, this... this- Trade is like, meh. It's like a C to me. I mean, I think Amari Cooper's better in non-PPR. Yeah, you're moving up to Michael Thomas, but like Emmanuel Sanders is not without value. And are Hooper and Ingram really that different? I mean, I don't I don't know that they are. So it's, yeah, I don't it's like just it. kind of like moving around the deck chairs. Okay. From Axe Fantasy Capital, which is great. That's a Billions reference. Ben's never seen Billions. He doesn't watch good shows. I am giving up God- Godwin and Lindsay. For Cup and Ingram, giving up Godwin and Lindsay for Cup and Mark Ingram, half PPR. Mm, I'm gonna grade that uh, D plus. You'd rather have Godwin and Lindsay. I would rather have Godwin and Lindsay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I I noted earlier why I would be kind of selling on Ing- uh, on Ingram. Um, Lindsay has a little bit more of a receiving role. I feel a little bit more confident in him. I, I don't really like him either. I don't like either of these backs, uh, and I, I also just feel more confident in Godwin rest of season than Cup, as good as Cup has been. And I, I still think Cup's going to be very good. I still feel very confident in him. I I think I would take Godwin over Cup rest of season. So, I don't know. I, w- I would lean that side. I, it, it's a, like, to me, it's like a very even trade. Godwin and Cup, very similar breakout guys. We're hoping they can sustain this production. Obviously, a lot of good signs. Lindsey and Ingram, some negative signs and very, like, low ceiling RB2 types. And, and it's, you know, it's pick your pick your players that you like. This is from Colin in a city south of East Lansing, giving up a lot of players for a lot of players. Here we go. You're giving up Chris Carson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Melvin Gordon, Odell Beckham, and the Seahawks, DST, 
getting Kamara, Latavius Murray, Lamar Jackson, Larry Fitzgerald, and the Bills DST. Okay, so you are giving up two running backs in Carson and Melvin Gordon and getting back Kamara and Latavius Murray. That feels like a loss to me. You are giving up Juju Smith-Schuster and Odell Beckham, and you are getting Lamar Jackson and Larry Fitzgerald. That feels like a loss to me. And you are giving up the Seahawks DST for the Bills DST, which doesn't really matter to me. I think I hate this trade. This yeah, might be an not, F. It's not a great one. I, I disagree with the part where the Kamara and Latavius Murray duo is a lot. I'm really concerned about Melvin Gordon, and I am I like Chris Carson, but I, I still think Alvin Kamara is going to have a really good second half of the year, season. I think he was close to playing this week. He should play after the bye, and Breeze is back, and he's going to be himself. So I do like acquiring Kamara, but you gave up probably too much. Well, I agree with you that I'm worried about Melvin Gordon and that Kamara is going to have a good second half, but I'd still rather have Carson and Gordon than Kamara and Latavius. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I disagree with that part. Well, then you're basically committed to starting both Kamara and Latavius every week. Well, well so I we don't know the rest I guess of the team not, shape, but not. I'm assuming that if this guy if this individual is trading all of these players, Carson, Juju, Gordon, Odell, he's trading from a position of strength. Because he's also acquiring a quarterback. He's not acquiring much depth. Like the way I'm reading this is I'm kind of adding some assumptions, but I'm, I'm assuming that, that this person has a, a deep starting lineup. I and hope they're so. getting the best well, player he, in the trade. Used so to. you can justify it, but I agree, it's not a good trade value wise. <laughs> he used to have a deep starting lineup. He just traded all of it. Yeah. All right, Ben. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Ben Gretsch and Heath Cummings. I'm Adam Azer. Thank you all for listening. We've got our Halloween edition tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. See you.